Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Cricket Slouch. I know it is in quick succession compared to the last one, but there hasn't been much time between the end of the World Test Championship final and the beginning of the Ashes. And we thought we'd do a little preview of the Ashes and then perhaps uh, a review of each match as it happens. So to help me discuss the important talking points today is Damien, who made his debut the last time and is now a seasoned veteran on this pod already. Welcome, Damien. Thanks again for having me back. Much much appreciated for um, um for the return call. Um, I'm glad. Uh, I was actually going to invite James as well, who is my England correspondent. But at the moment, he's away on holiday because I think he thought a family trip was more important than the Ashes. Uh, you know, so, some people just have no sense of priority, do they? Oh, exactly, exactly. So, uh, unless unless he's actually given up on England already. <laughs> no, look, it's 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 a great time of year. Um. I see that my prediction from the last podcast was was, was horribly inaccurate. Uh, I think yeah. they did an Indian win, um, which didn't turn out to be that way, unfortunately. So, um, you know, you are one of those very few Australians who always, you know, predict an Indian win. And I think you're one of those non-Indian Indian supporters who will always predict an Indian win, whereas the rest of us Indian guys will always be a bit more cautious. But congratulations to Australia. And, uh, you know, I must say, like, going into that fifth day's play, it was, even though the advantage lay slightly with Australia, India could still have made it. You know, they were very much in the game. But then Scotty Boland came along, to made those two quick dents, and uh, that was it. That, that just broke India's back. Uh, he, no, he bowled well, Scott Boland. So um, I, I know hopefully we'll get into him um, um, a bit later in the podcast, but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. certainly very hoping that he makes the starting eleven. Tomorrow night. Speaking of starting eleven, do you fancy any selection surprises? Mm, are we are we moving to Australia or? Uh, let's start with Australia. I might talk about the England selection problems. Um, okay. Yeah, so let's start with Australia. Can I just start with with, with one thing though? Uh, just yeah, in sure, celebration of in, just in celebration of the Ashes, I thought I'd just go on a, a bit of a trip for all the senses, and um, I've just brought myself a bottle here, Sagir, of Ricky Ponting wine. I don't, I don't know if you know <laughs> that if Ricky Ponting has started a vineyard. And no, also, I didn't. You, oh, you, oh, you did know, did you? So I'm currently just going to open a bottle here of Ricky Ponting's Marlborough Boy Pinot Noir <laughs> 2019 selection. Oh, a good vintage so that one, 2019, just, isn't I'm it? Just, I'm just pouring it now. Is it Tasmanian wine? No, no. So this is the thing. It's actually Adelaide Hills. Okay, so, I so think at least it's see, a decent batch. It's a decent batch. I'm looking at it now. I think what are the what are the rules for wine tasting? See, swirl, smell, sip, and smell. swallow. Yeah. So hang on. I'll just I'll do them all at once. Hang on. It's a pity we are not on video because you could have demonstrated all. Of I these know. As well. I know. It's a, a podcast is 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 in a visual form. Yeah. So look, it's a it's a nice drop. I mean, once I do get over to WA and see you, I think we we will have to go for the um for the Ponting Top Shelf selection, <laughs> which is the 366 Shiraz. Ooh, nice. And I believe 366 is his test selection number. He was a so and and that and and that retails for 110 dollars a bottle. Mm. But in all fairness, for the Ashes, I think if we ever if you ever invite me again next time, I might have to grab an English cricketers wine selection, which is you, not, not Michael Warren, is it? No, Ian Beefy Botham. Oh my God! Has, <laughs> it's his own wine selection. 
So, in all fairness, I might have to open up and and uh, buy one of his bottles and uh, taste it on the podcast. Well, if we do that, we might as well invite Ian Chappell as well. You know, given how much he's a big fan of Botham. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and, and funny enough that um Ian Beatty Botham's wine also comes from the Adelaide Hills. So I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but um. Lord Ian Beefy Botham. Now. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's not a so it's it's uh, not a bad drop, uh, old Ricky's mm. wine. Interesting. So I, sorry, I, hope we'll, we'll... It, I hope it ages better than he has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, not a bad drop. So yeah, sorry, back on back onto the Australian team. Cool. Yeah, back onto the Australian team. So do you anticipate any major selection changes compared to the World Test Championship? No. The well, just... WDC final. Just in my very brief research tonight, it does appear that um, Hazelwood will, you know, Hazelwood won't make this the first eleven. I, I think they really are going to go with, with um, Scott Boland. Mm. Um, he's bowled he bowled well in the last in the last test, particularly the the last session on on the last day. Mm. And I mean, I just he's a bit of a journeyman, you know, Scott Boland. He's 30, 32 when he made his de- debut for Australia, playing Shield cricket since twenty eleven. And he's the and he's the second male First Nations player to play for Australia, um, and just I think he's almost I think that they're now wanting a statue of him out the front of the MCG to join Warney. So um, he's, he's become a bit of a cult figure in in the very brief time that, he, that he's played for Australia. So I do believe and 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 hopefully he will get selection. I have had a look at the Edge Baston all the pictures of the, of the pitch over there. It's looking very white and and yeah. very and very flat. Um, so yeah, the, the edge passion pitch is generally not that much different to oval, uh, except for the fact that I think it takes spin on a little bit earlier, and it, it generally is very good for batting as well. Do you think what? So is the plan for baseball? Is it is it a, a flat pitch? Do you think, or what do you think they're gonna? Because that is England's strength at the moment, and I'm fairly certain uh, th- there wouldn't be stupid enough to prepare pitches that support Australian bowlers, will they? No, so... Exactly. So, so they're going to back themselves because I was looking at the squads, but England have actually announced their first 11 for the Ashes test. Yes, I've got the names yeah. here in front of me, actually, yeah. yes. And uh, David Warner would have breathed a sigh of relief somewhere, probably jumped up in joy and created one of those... Uh, face-off TikTok videos that he does, uh, you know, celebrating that news that Stuart Broad's not there in that playing 11, the starting lineup. So England have gone with their tried and tested, um, not tried and tested, but basically their attacking batting lineup. And I think the only surprise for me is Moeen Ali's recall out of retirement because of Jack Leeds' injury. I, I'd have thought that, you know, they would have probably let Moeen Ali be what he does, and they could have gone with some of the younger spinners that they have been talking about, like Matt Parkinson or some other people. But this this particular decision shows that they're not entirely confident in either of those young spinners, and they'd rather have the experience of Moeen Ali, who could probably give them a few handy runs with the bat lower down the order too. Do you... It, it just... What no, does actually, it show? sorry, my, 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 my mistake. May I just correct myself over here? Stuart Broad is playing. Mark Wood yes. is not playing. Yeah, That's I was, was going to... I apologize. I've got Stuart Broad's name here. That's okay. I, I thought... 
Maybe maybe there's been some late news yeah. that 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 abroad's been ruled out. But no, um, no, no. That, that's my my mistake. So I, I misread it, and I do apologize to David Warner as well because you know he's <laughs> going to have a tough time tomorrow. Uh, well, just just going through the England top order. So you've yep. got Ben Ben Duck Ben Duckett. Yep. Who Zach averages? Yeah, but but Ben Duckett is what averaging forty seven at the moment in Test cricket. He's had a I know a, a series against Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to mention, too, that he's a former um, Heat player for, um, um, for Brisbane. Yes, he is. Um, I don't think he – yeah, I think it was last season, I think, he he, he played for the Heat. Zach Crawley, averaging 26. Uh, Ollie Pope, averaging 35. Joe Root, who's 46. And mm. um, Harry Brook, averaging 25. With that with that batting attack, how do you th- – what do you – what do you suppose? Like, where, where do you – because I, I guess – the point with with England to me is that really, to me, Australia does go in as strong favourites, and I guess for they England do. to have a to have a chance in this in this particularly in the first test, really everything has to go their way. Yeah. So including the toss, you know, yeah. obviously, would you suggest what batting first? Batting first, Absolutely. and then and then and then putting the and then what putting putting the pressure of of, of scoreboard runs back on back onto the Australian top order. Yeah. Let's assume, let's assume that England win the toss tomorrow, and they decide to bat first. What's Australia's strategy going to be to contain these guys? Because in the recent test that they played against Ireland, their scoring rate was over six per over, and uh, uh, the, the Irish bowling attack is not the same as the Australian bowling attack. But let's not forget that this is the same English batting that demolished New Zealand in England. Then they beat India in that uh, final. Test match last year, then they beat South Africa, and then they beat New Zealand, uh, no, Pakistan in Pakistan, and those absolute flat decks as well. And a lot of this has been courtesy of the sheer volume of runs that they have piled on, whether it's in the first innings or while chasing later on. Now, I know there has been some mention last year about the Duke's ball not being up to standard and it goes soft very quickly, and basically it led most of the quick bowlers impotent in a way. Um, this year so far, it's still early in the series to comment on that. But uh, judging on the India-Australia test match, it didn't look like that that ball was particularly bad or, you know, it didn't do much. If anything, that ball swung more throughout the course of the test match uh, than I've seen in recent times. And whether that's down to the structure of the ball or down to purely overcast conditions, don't know. I'll be honest with you. I'm not an expert in Irish cricket, and I I, I cannot state, you know, how well or how accurate the Irish bowling was to the English batsmen over that series or, or that particular Test match. But um, if you don't respect the ball, if you don't respect the bowlers, you can go out there and terrorise and 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 hit. But if you know, if you don't respect the ball, you will get out. So I would, I you know, if Ben Duckett and, and Zach Crawley want to go out there and you know hit a, hit a hundred in a session, yeah, you know, God bless them. But and, and um, th- that, that's my question. Like, uh, if you were part of the Australian think tank, what would your tactics be? Because uh, I think New Zealand tried to have their keeper up. Uh, to the stumps, so that way the batters weren't out of their crease often than not, and they had to sort of uh, stick, you know, to their position and bat from the, the normal position. Um, I think 
some occasions England got away with that. Some occasions they didn't get away with it. And, uh, you know, the selection of Duckett and Crawley at the top of the order is just basically with one particular aim, and that's to score as quickly as possibly as they can. And, you know, even though, like you said, you know, the Irish bowlers aren't exactly that great, Zach Crawley still got a lot of runs off inside edges and outside edges in that test match, as he normally does. Yeah, I think you know, I, I, you can you can go down the pathway of almost being a T Twenty slogger, and you know, and you may get some cheap runs, and you, and and you and you may you know score the odd boundary off off you know off a, off an inside edge. Good sides like Australia, I still think good sides like India will eventually adapt, and you just and you can't get away with it. That's that's the beauty of Test cricket. That's that's the beauty of of the Red Bull game, where you know it is a very much a a, a ball bat competition. And if the Australian bowlers bowl good line, good length, good angles, and are disciplined, and and not be intimidated by the fact that yeah, like if England you know get to the first hour of of the of the first day, and they're none for seventy, as long as as long as they don't panic, I mean I still believe Australia could 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 bowl England out for two hundred, you know. Yeah. It's just, to me, it's just a question of holding your nerve really, and and the chances will come. Yeah, uh, speaking of chances, I was listening to somebody talk about Zach Crawley's recent innings, and there was something like uh, 15, 16 top edges that basically didn't go to fielders. So, you know, it's not like he was actually in control of his innings that well. And I think this is where the difference comes in. You know, it's all about tactics. It's like you said, it's adapting. Now, high risk, like, batting is always fraught with a chance of uh, wicket stumbling as well. Now, and there have been a couple of times where England have lost games, you know, continuing in that manner of play. It's just that they have had far more victories compared to losses. And I think that justifies their approach or their decision to continue in the same way. Uh, I think Australia just need to be really smart with the fact that, okay, if England are going to attack, so are we. And they just need to keep those fielders in that position. Say, for example, if you're going to bowl short and the batter is either going to hook or pull, you know, I think rather than your conventional, not rather, but instead, like, or in addition to your conventional fielders at deep square leg, deep mid-wicket, you, you might even need somebody at third man, perhaps. Because, mm. you know, there, there are top watches that go to third man too. And you don't want them to fall into no man's land or you know, run away to the boundary over there. Then, if, if Ben Duckett wants to ramp a ball in 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 the third over uh, tomorrow morning, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. It'll, yeah. it'll be great viewing. Um, I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure how long he'll last, but um, you know, at least it'll be entertaining. Right. Okay. So speaking of third ball of the over, remember the previous Ashes at the Gabba where Mitch yes. Stark bowled Rory Burns around his legs? I think we're both okay. there for that, weren't we? I think we were, we both. were there. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there. Any chance of something similar happening this time around? Oh. Wouldn't it be fun <laughs> if that happened? I would look. It'd be, it'd, it'd be my dream to see Ben Duckett just sit there and go, you know what? I'm pretty sure this first ball is going to be a Yorker. And I'm pretty sure that I'm just going to. Walk away and ramp it and 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 show all my stumps. If that happens, mm. you know that would be amazing, and it'd be great viewing, and it'll be on the TV for the next hundred years. But no, I think <laughs> it'll be very conservative. I, 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 I hear about baseball all the time, and and I want to see baseball up against you know a quality five test team. 
Okay, no, let me correct you there. It's not baseball, it's baseball. Oh, baseball, is it? Sorry, baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and let's just see how it goes. Because, I mean, you know, Bangladesh, you know, yeah. you know, Ireland, and yeah. even and even my Kiwi cousins, I, I will still always tell you it's a gear that... But there's they, South Africa in there too. Yeah, but the, I would I would love to see baseball... Mm-hmm. Go up against India for five tests. Go up against Australia for five tests, and and let's just see how it goes. Um, and let's just see how the attacking options go. And you know what? They may get away with it every now and again, like 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 any player or any sporting player that that, that does attack. Mm. You, you may get the points, but at the end of the day, consistency will always. You know, even in like you, you, you like you watch tennis and you see you know Roger Federer, you know, yeah, and he's a very consistent player. plays plays his shots. Never gets flustered, you know. Players will come at him for consistent periods of time, and and, and he just and, and he just wears them out. Doesn't doesn't get intimidated by it, and, and just knows that his game's good enough. And and I truly believe the Australian bowlers are, are on the same boat. Really, their game is good enough. Let it, let England come at them, and and then we'll see what happens. And as long as we, we, as long as Australia can hold its catches, great. Yeah, I think the other difference is. Uh the Australian coach, uh, Andy McDonald. In regards to? Tactics and uh, smartness. Mm. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that he would have done his homework and looked at the pattern of the English batsman's approach and, uh, you know, the sort of attacking shots they play. And I, I suppose he would have already mapped out, you know, the areas that these guys should be looking at targeting in terms of their bowling lines, lengths and field placings. Yeah, I think, that, I think you know, Australia will do its research. And, and, and I know that there's been talk, to, I think yesterday I saw Steve Smith talking about the funky bowling options that may come towards... The, the the Australians over over the series, not having Jofra Archer, I think is a huge loss. Huge loss for them, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just Jofra Jofra Archer's loss, but I think Anderson he might be fully fit to be included in the test match, but it wasn't that long ago that he had the groin injury, and he did not bowl with his usual level of intensity. And I think they will try and manage his workload so he doesn't go, not doesn't go, but he doesn't have to bowl for more than, say, uh, 15, 16 overs a day. And the rest of the bowling will then eventually fall on Broad, Ollie Robinson, and uh, who's their fourth seamer? It's James Anderson. Yeah, but... I'm looking at Ford Seamer. So then, yeah, but this, so if, if Anderson doesn't bowl more than 15 overs, you've got Broad, Robinson, Moeen Ali, and then Ben Stokes would have to be the yeah, Ford Seamer. That's correct, yep. Isn't it? Yep. And he hasn't been fully fit either, so I don't know whether he'll be able to bowl at his usual intensity as well. So, you know, England do have a few concerns over there. Um, Bairstow is back. Now, he had a big uh, fracture last year, you know, playing golf, and God knows what else he injured. Um, but he's back in the team as a keeper batsman. I generally, especially with test cricket, I prefer to go with keepers who are proper keepers r- rather than makeshift keepers because of their batting. Where, where do you stand on that? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly probably fit into the Rod Marsh, Ian Healy school of, of keeping. The Jack Russell keeping, where you know you pick your keeper first, um, and then if they can bat, so be it. I know that 
um, Adam Gilchrist changed that narrative quite a lot when 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 he came in and, and, and set the world on fire. Mm. But I mean, but I mean, there's only one Gilchrist every every generation. Where yeah. I, I would certainly want a, you know a, a pair of safe gloves. Mm. He can maybe he, he can average thirty with the bat. Would certainly be you know Mm-mm. would be would be my pick. Okay, so just to give you a little update. Bairstow was in hot form last year, and he was instrumental in England's victories over New Zealand, India, and then South Africa. Now, in the first test match against South Africa, he scored 90. After that, his scores are 30, 27, duck, 18, 49, and he didn't get to bat against the against Ireland. And in the county games, he scored a 97 and 57 for Yorkshire's second 11, played, playing a Nottinghamshire second 11. So the quality of the bowling is obviously not at that level. Then he scored 20 not out and a duck versus Glamorgan. Then he scored 27 and 36 versus Durham. Then he scored seven versus Warwickshire. So, you know, his form has absolutely tailed off since that. Uh, glorious summer that he had in England last year. And I, I don't know what he's likely to do this time round. So that, that's another mystery area for England. And that needs to come off as per expectations if you know England really want to put Australia on the back foot. You know, and, and I know that Stuart Broad has discounted the last Ashes series here <laughs> in Australia as they well, that's, it didn't count, apparently. No, um, it didn't count. <laughs> It didn't count. So he, he is this the, just to digress? But is this the equivalent of Tony Gregg's grovel comment? Probably. I uh, look. I, I see his point that it, it, it was an unreal situation where they were kept in, you know, isolation, and it was yeah. But it wasn't like they were, you know, kept in hotels all the time. But they yeah, I know. I know. The room. They had their families with them. They, they could like at least go outside their rooms. It wasn't as bad as what he makes it sound. I know, I know. That's just a revisionist history from his point of view. I know that Australians have have, have a different perspective on that that series. And I know everybody misses Warren and McGraw with their 5-0 predictions in Australia's favour and Broad's trying to probably step up and have a little bit of banter going. But, you know, he he may have inadvertently shot himself in the foot over here. (laughs) You know, with that sort of comment, do, do you think that sort of comment's likely to get the Australian team fired up? I don't. I don't think so. I, I think the Australians are fairly confident. Yeah. I mean, I think particularly, I think the bowling to me, to, to me, the bowling is is isn't a worry for Australia. I, I think I think Australia can contain the top order, particularly yeah. with pressure and sustained yeah. pressure. And you know, Joe Root, I don't think he is the the, the batsman that he was. A, you know, a, a couple of years ago. Mm. Ollie, Ollie Pope, you know, averaging 35. Zach Crawley averaging 26. It only takes a couple of wickets, and then suddenly you, you're down to Ben Stokes and, and, and Jonathan, and, and Jonathan, and you just think to yourself, where, where will the backbone, where, where, where will that fighting 50 come from um, to, to, to save an innings? Because Joe Root, um, I guess, bowling yeah. will be more than happy to bowl to, 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 um, um, to, bowl to Root. Um, Cummings will be more than happy to bowl to Pope. So you just wonder where is it going to come from in, from from the English batting order? Where's that fighting well, fifty? That fighting sixty? Uh, probably Harry Brook might be that key over here. Because and don't, don't forget, like Ben Stokes when he first uh, came onto the international scene, he was more of an attacking batsman. But as time has gone by, and I think as uh, you know, his stature within that team has grown up, and people have 
going to rely on him more. He's sort of bunkered down and he plays a lot of these defensive nuggety knocks every now and then. But at the end of the day, it runs. You know, that's the currency of the game. And, you know, you can't just uh, hold one end up for and not end up scoring. So I, I think that the, the, what you're discussing is it's probably down to Harry Brook now to score those runs in that middle order. Because uh, Johnny Bairstow, I think he's good when he's in that free-flowing, high-scoring gear. Other than that, I, I don't think he's a very good defensive batsman as such. No, and it's, it's just, just looking at Adam Harry Brooks' test average, he's, he's averaging just over 25 in innings at the moment as well, so... Yeah, but you know the, the, there are some outlier innings, but uh, you know he's a good quality batsman, and I don't think Australia should uh, take him lightly. No, oh, I I agree completely. It's just uh, I I just wonder where that fighting knock's going to come from from them, because because there will be a time when you know Duckett and Crawley will go out there and maybe hit sixty mm. within the first half an hour, then lose three wickets, and then mm. suddenly you are down to Joe Root and 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 Harry Brook, and then I can imagine the um the slips cordon. Will be in Joe Roots here, um, and oh yeah, the, and th- that'd probably be pretty quickly in Joe Roots here because I don't see Zach Crawley lasting more than five six overs. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So right? yeah, and but Olive I, Pope might be one down, but again, he, he may hold that one end up. But if uh, Ben Duckett goes about his business as he normally does and sco- tries to score quickly, it's not that hard to induce a false shot from a batsman who is actually intent on just hitting everything. And not that, you know, T20 is, is, is an indication of anything for Test cricket, but I did have to go back and see some of his innings for the Brisbane Heat. And he didn't, mm. in, you know, certainly he can hit a ball, and he, and he can hit a ball hard, and he, and he can hit a ball fast. But mm. even even against, I don't know, what, would you say the, the big bash here is bowling isn't up to, I don't know, it's, it's not a, a high standard. Mm. He, he only he, he only made one big score, and after that he was he, he was out fairly, fairly cheaply. So to have Stark, Cummings, Boland, you know, at you every over, it's going to be, mm. I think, for, um, for Ben Duckett, it's, it's going to be, you know, he, he's going to have to step up and really look at the bowling and, and probably play a more mature innings other than just, just coming out and, and, and slogging the ball. So, no, look, best of luck to them. I guess from the Australian p- perspective, though, I mean, I was just looking at the last Ashes series. Um, Usman Khawaja didn't have a great series. That was a series that he was dropped. Um, in in a, you know, I think he's, you know, certainly hasn't played a lot of cricket coming into this, um, in, in, into the series. Um, Hang on. You know, when you say last Ashes series, last Ashes series in England, you mean? In England, yeah. In no, no, no. Sorry, the last um, touring side to tour England. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was he was dropped. Um, it's, it, James Anderson seems to like bowling to Usman. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, certainly with with James. How old's James now? Is he forty eight? How old? Forty. No. Fifty uh, How old is he? I, I think um, he looks about sixty four, but <laughs> I think he's just on the cusp of turning forty one later this year. You, you 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 do have to admire that, um, but you know certainly I think if James can certainly get it Usman early on and maybe with that juke ball swinging, I mean Usman may may be troubled by him. We we certainly know that um, Warner is troubled by Broad. Yeah, and I'd imagine as soon as um, I imagine as soon as Warner's out there, I'd imagine the uh, Sips Corden will be telling him that as well. Um, mm. 
So certainly from a from an Australian perspective, I think the top order may be, and Marnus is playing okay. Um, I, did, I did like Marnus's mind games of falling asleep before um, uh, in, the, in the championship trophy. That's the greatest mindset. You know, I'm so confident with 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 my openers, I can have a nap. Um, you know, so certainly, I think I, th- I think from Australia, I think the, the the top order can be exposed. The, the middle order looks looks you know Steve Smith, you know Travis Head looks looks solid. It, it looks I think really it does, yeah. And both of them are in good form. So, you know, like uh, the game at the Oval, even though Travis Head scored the 160, Steve Smith looked in absolute control, yep. even though he was scoring at a slower pace. So he was batting as if he was, you know, in the zone in test matches d- during his, uh, which was that year that he was absolutely solid. Was it 2017 or was 2013? That- was that the was that is is that the when he when he last toured England or no I think this was like the good two or three years where Steve Smith was basically just making centuries for fun I think it was the oh. 2017 to 2018 yep. sort it of was. period yeah because because he even scored like three hundreds or two hundreds on on when Australia toured India as well one of yes. them at a very difficult pitch uh, in Pune yes yes no that was when he was being compared to um like the, the like Bradman-esque comparisons made to him back then and um you know he was probably the best batsman Australia had produced since since Bradman that was the call back then yeah but no certainly he he looks relaxed now he he looks like he's 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 enjoying his cricket yeah and 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 the ball's coming onto the bat and i think Steve Smith just loves England too loves playing there yeah. loves the conditions um it's probably a good thing he was born in Australia and not in London to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> His his average may be unreal if he ended up playing full time for England. Yeah. So, yeah, and and he had a few weeks playing for uh, I think it was Sussex uh, that he was playing for recently as well, which obviously you know did not endear him to a few English fans. No, I think he ended, he ended up um, bowling at Michael Neeser, I think in a, in, a, in a county match. I think I think Neeser ended up yes, scoring hundred, and uh, yeah. Steve Smith ended up bowling him out. Yeah. So, you know, he has been familiarizing himself with the conditions. Then obviously the test against India was a good preparation match. So I, I reckon Australia got more out of that match because they were faced with tougher competition uh, than England did versus Ireland. And in a way, I think Australia better prepared mentally and tactically, I think, to take on England tomorrow. No, I agree. Like, I know that when I think Jason Gillespie played Bangladesh and scored 200, Yep. Um, back in the day. And yeah. you think to yourself, it's 200 against Bangladesh in, I think it was at 2005. Yeah. Is that, how do you compare that? You know, I, I just don't understand, like, in no offence to Bangladesh and certainly no offence to Ireland, who's, who's a rising nation. But mm-hmm. I just wonder with these scores, how you can even compare form or, you know, make make any sort of real insight into what's going on, particularly if you if you didn't come up and, and, and play in the number one test nation. It's um I think Ireland, you know, certainly I it was all over here, you know, the the they're breaking Don Brabham's records, they were doing all sorts of stuff against Ireland. Yeah. And uh, which is great. But I don't know if it's a fair indication of form or talent or, you know, prospects. I yeah, I know the island yeah. So I it, it'll be really interesting to see what um what what comes of it. But once again, yeah. like, it's exciting. Test cricket's back on and um, it's the best form of cricket. There you go. That's, that's, that's always my perspective. So well, I'm, I'm actually really excited for the, um, for, um, for the series. 
Yeah, and it's not just that Test cricket is back on. It's Test cricket amongst equally matched teams yes. that's back on. Yes. Because uh, I, I was checking the score today between Bangladesh and Afghanistan, and Bangladesh had absolutely trounced Afghanistan. Um, I think they scored 318 in their first innings and bundled out Afghanistan for 146. Yeah. I mean, so, I guess that's a separate podcast about how we can promote you know, these, these developing nations and, uh, you know, and somehow, you know, I, I just, it, it would be great to have 10 test cricket nations that, you know, every tour was an event, you know, every, yeah. every competition was even, you know, and suddenly it yeah. became a real event. And it, I just, yeah. yeah. And I think for that to happen, people need to stop playing the same series over and over again against the same two or three opponents. You know, New Zealand, South Africa would be an evenly matched contest at this stage compared to, say, New Zealand versus Australia or Mm. India even. And I think the respective boards need to identify that and they need to market the game better. But let's not digress. No, exactly. Uh, Let's let's come back to tomorrow's game in hand. Now, given the hectic nature of this series, and I think – Five test matches are packed within something like eight weeks or seven weeks as such. Um, I, I don't think there's any tour game. And this is probably, is it the first Ashes in a long time where there's no tour game before the Ashes? I don't believe there's, there's, there was a tour game last Ashes tour. Because Alan Border made it very clear what his thoughts on the matter were. Well, he'd, he'd want tour games, wouldn't he? I'm assuming that's what he would want. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, AB would want that. I, to me, it's you know, you know, you talk about old times, and you know, but I do believe that. And I know with financial, the way that the, you know the sporting world works now, that you just don't have time for this. And it's not financial; it's not viable. But geez, it would be good to you know to have these tour games just to even promote cricket at at a local level. Like they were talking um, last summer, Sigir about. Um, Manus, who plays for Redlands District Cricket here in here in Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane, yeah. And he and he just goes and plays on a Sunday. So if it's a, if he's not playing for Australia or for Queensland or for the Heat, he'll go and play for Redlands. And so for the young kids and families and people who love cricket, they can turn up to their local oval and see a Test cricketer. Mm. Where you know where if you live in Sussex or where. where wherever you want to go to. And suddenly, if you can go see a local team at a local, you know, your, your local team playing an international team at a local oval, that's, you know, that's 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 great promotion for the game. But it also gives, you know, the the, the touring side a bit of an, an, an indication of the conditions. It, it gives those players in the touring team who necessarily won't play a test match, it gives them some game time as well. So yeah, yeah, no, I I do miss the um um the um um the tour matches, tour games. Yeah, so so let's say in the absence of the tour games and the way the schedule is packed, do you foresee Australia rotating some of their players, especially yes. the quick bowlers? Yes. Uh, last last I think last Ashes series in England, I think Mitch Stark only played one of the five tests. I would be I'd, I I would be very surprised if in one test match if you if you don't see Michael Neeser and Scott Boland playing. In, in the same starting eleven and giving um, Hazelwood and Stark a, a rest. It's already um, having a rest. Yeah, but 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 to have those two players in those two bowlers, those two seamers playing in in the same eleven, I would, certainly I would I'd, I would foresee by at least the fourth test, 
Nisa and also Boland maybe having a having a game, depending upon results, of course. But um, yeah, certainly I can see Australia rotating its 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 attack. Cummins then be rested for one game, say maybe the third Test match, for example. So yeah, he two games first up and then two games at the yeah, end. Exactly. So then Steve Smith would be captaining the side. I yeah, I know, yeah, Steve Steve Smith. Um, yeah, certainly he's a very safe captain. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, we know we we. I, I couldn't imagine seeing Dave Warner captain the side um, after, mm. all, after all what's happened. I certainly couldn't see Travis Head or Marnus. So I'd imagine it, it, it'll, it'll be Steve Smith once once again to um, captain the side and probably we'll have a comment from Dave Warner about it. And then suddenly it'll, <laughs> it's, it's suddenly the, the whole circus will start again. Well, I think uh, Dave, David Warner's wife may want to chip in on that issue too. Oh. She, she would have a few views on, on this. You know. I made a I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't mention her name tonight. So that's why I... we won't mention her name. We don't have to. You know, it's it's like what Courier Mail did to Stuart Broad in what 2013. They didn't mention exactly. his name. I'll yeah. just have another drink of Ricky Ponting's um, red wine here and just and just yeah, and just, yeah just and just keep going. No, I, I just wish I had some of Shane Watson's uh, beer. Which one oh. was it? The cr- cricketer arms or something? Yeah, he. I th- that was him and Brad Haddon, I think. And oh, they, okay. they cricketer's arms. I have not seen that for a while. Um, mm. Probably going a bit off topic there, but I also think Shane Watson might have had a hair gel company as well. But I've got no <laughs> so I can never use that product. Are there any um, subcontinent cricketers that are sort of using going into sort of? Sorry, uh, subcontinental cricketers using hair gel. No, like you know, are they getting in, in any sort of side projects? Like um, you know, anything that you can you can eat or drink oh yeah yeah definitely i mean like if you look at uh, players like ganguly zahir khan tendulkar they yep. have their restaurants as well uh, i don't know see the, these things in the subcontinent are not on public display like nobody talks about these things openly and the players or even like if you're an actor celebrity xyz you know you don't talk about your personal investments and finances and business ventures uh, mm-hmm. that, that openly so it's it's basically what maybe fans or some reporters put it out there, but most people are not interested in that aspect. Oh, okay, so you can't have like a, a Ganguly product while you're watching the game, basically. That's what I'm sort of asking. No, unfortunately not. Okay. Unfortunately not. Yeah, which, which is uh, – it's a different culture. Altogether. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, although I would uh, – yeah, maybe, maybe like uh, you know, if somebody came up with a really good product. Yeah, people would buy it. But uh, anyway, that, that's neither here nor there. So player rotation. England definitely are looking at player rotation, especially their bowlers, because they cannot afford to bowl Anderson and Broad in each of these tests. And I think likewise with Ollie Robinson, they'll probably tread carefully with that. Mark Wood, like we've seen, they've already uh, reset him for the first test match. And uh, then I think it all boils down to which one is the better fast bowling squad. Because I think if you look at the top three, so Anderson, Broad, and Ollie Robinson are really good uh, pacement for England. And Australia can sort of match them bowler for bowler, isn't it? When Stark oh. comes and would have been Hazelwood, but in this case, I think it would be uh, Scotty Boland. Australia's fourth option, which is Michael Nisa is probably better than England's fourth option. But do you do you think though just 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 playing speculation here that England are two nil up? Who we are? No, England 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 are two nil up. They've won, they've won the first test, the second test, and that uh, you know um, Stuart Broad and James Anderson have played both matches. Right. It comes to the third test. 
Yeah. I'm assuming I'm assuming they both get selected again to make it. Well, it to, if they're to, rested for the second test, then chances are they'll be back for the third, unless Anderson picks up a fresh injury. Okay. So, so even if England wins the first test, you think they'll 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 rest Anderson for the second? Yes, I think so. Okay. Yeah, because I I don't think they will risk you know that long term. See, I, I suppose it all boils down to what plans England have for Anderson and when Anderson wants to retire. Say, for example, if this is his last series and he has confided in. Rob Key that look this this is going to be my last series but don't make it public just yet then probably you know they might give him more matches but if he says look I want to play for another two years and I want the next uh, home series whoever they're playing like India for example in two years time that to be my last one then they might manage his workload a little bit better I suppose. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I just, I just thought, would they put a straight at the sword? If you know, if Dave Warner's averaging, you know, ten, Usman Khawaja is averaging fifteen. Australia, you know, the, the Australian batting is in all sorts of disarray. They're they're two nil up. This this Test match, we can actually put them. We we can win the series three zero. You guys, James Stewart, you're playing the first. You're playing. You're playing the first three. It's just, well, they yeah, might actually go with first and second because the second test match is Lords and both mm-hmm. Anderson and Broad generally tend to do better at Lords mm-hmm. and they could perhaps get in Mark Wood for the third test match at Leeds and then they might get one of them back for Manchester and then the other back for the Oval. Okay. Because Anderson's not going to get a lot of seam movement at the Oval, is he? So he might as well bowl at Manchester, which is his home ground as well. And generally, Manchester, you've got a lot of clouds and rain possibility, and the ball will tend to swing a little bit more. No, it'll be a really interesting selection to see how this plays. I mean, the average age of the England side is 35. So yeah. it's, it's, it's an old team. So well, it'll be... No, no different to what India was uh, in this Test Championship final. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. It's you just, you just like I, I look at someone like James Anderson and go, "You're 41, yep, still playing Test cricket." That's you know, <laughs> you've you've got to respect the man, you know. Like, yeah, but it's it's not just respect the man, but I think that it's the way England have managed and handled his workload. I think credit goes to that too. Yeah, but I guess if he just said, "No, nah, I, I just can't be bothered doing this anymore," you know, my my back hurts, my you know. You know, it's just, it's just, I'm four, I'm 39, 40, I just can't do it. So, you yeah. know, it was like Mark Taylor know. for Australia. He said, look, I just can't be bothered training anymore. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's me. Like, b- before any cricket season, I'm like, oh, I've had enough. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much work. Too much just work. Too old. The back's getting old. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, respect the man. It's, yeah. it's, I certainly, you know, I want Australia to win. But I, I do have a level of, of respect for James Anderson. I think that's what what he's been able to do in in his career and keep it keep it going. Um, yeah, I'd love to see you know his secret to um, just just to his motivation and 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 fitness. I think it's that Ricky Ponting vintage three sixty six. Well, he can afford it. It's one hundred and ten dollars a bottle. But um, wow. But, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. When when I finally come out and visit you, I'll bring you over a bottle and we'll and we'll have some. <laughs> yeah, just on. You know, put some other wine in that bottle, though. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, predictions for tomorrow's test match. 
Well, seems that my prediction was so horribly underdone for the last one. Um, yeah. I'm, I will go for an Australian win. I think I think Australia will win in four days. That's that's mm-hmm. that's. I wouldn't say four days because the showers predicted for days three, four, and five. Well, if if the weather was perfect and you know there was sun every day, four days, um, for England to win, everything would have to go their way. Yeah, boss injuries. Every decision would have to go their way. The, the yeah. amount of luck that they would, they would they would have to experience. It kind of reminds me of like you know some of the old New Zealand sides who were competitive, mm. but but would need everything to go their way for a win. And I think unfortunately, yeah, yeah I just I I just unless Australia falls over in the batting, um, and maybe you know maybe Anderson and Broad can do it. Um, yeah, and look, these things have happened before. You know, remember that uh, Test match at Trent Bridge where Broad. Yes, 14 odd wickets or something, and yes. uh, I think one innings Australia got folded for 80 or something. Yes, like I still have PTSD over that innings. Yeah, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's still possible, but again, I still don't think that England will produce any seeming wickets this time because their strength lies in their attacking batting, and yes. they know that Australia's bowling is better than their bowling as a unit. Yes, right? so even if they match up like for like in the fast bowling department. Nathan Lyon is still a better spinner than Moeen Ali. Well, I, I noticed that um, I, I sent you that, um, that that comment about Moeen Ali last night from um, Mark Butcher. Yeah. Can I can I can I, can I just read out the quote to you? This is this is this oh, is go ahead. this is describing Moeen Ali's um, coming back. It's not like you're bringing out Michael Jordan from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but you know what? Shaida Fidi came out of retirement a couple of times. Surely Moeen Ali can come out of retirement. <laughs> I think he's getting the ABE today too. I think someone's telling me. I was, re- I was reading an article where he's he's doing oh. the um the order. So oh, good he, on him. Yeah, good on him. So you know, can yeah. can congrats to him on that. Yeah, well, well done for immigrants elsewhere in the British Commonwealth. <laughs> exactly. Moeen Ali is a hard-working cricketer. I think he's just been shafted by, no, well, not exactly shafted, but you know he's been far too much up and down the order. There's no consistency mm. to his position and role in the team, which has probably le- led to him underperforming given his potential. Because whenever he bats or plays for his uh, T20 side, whether it's in the uh, T20 Blast or uh, even for the IPL, you know his performances have been more consistent. Mm. So I, I hope now. See, my biggest bugbear against batters in the last five six years is that Moin Ali has been able to take more than his fair share of wickets. Like given his limited skill as an off spinner, he's always got a lot more wickets than he should have in England. Okay. And I think I wonder whether that's partly because of you know visiting teams undermining his ability and trying to take more risks, or whether you know he's genuinely that good at foxing them and you know trying like uh, inducing false shots. So I just I just wanted to with him mentally too. Sometimes if if the pressure gets to him, he, you know, particularly in in long spells of Test cricket. Oh if, yeah, every you know, over he will bowl you one boundary ball every yeah. over. And 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 I, I certainly do feel in previous Ashes series Australia has gone for him. Yeah. When, when you know he's come on, they've gone right. Well, this is this is this is the one. This is the one, <laughs> this is the one we'll target. And I think you know just mentally whether or not he's been able to adapt to that 
and 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 move on. But no, look, good good luck to him, and and, and congrats on his ABE. What's what's your prediction for the uh, for the first test, and also for the series? Mm. Look, let's say let's assume that England win the toss tomorrow and bat first. I think we'll get a contest. If Australia win the toss and bat first, I think it's an England loss. Okay, so so it sounds to me like you're having a bit of, a bit each way here. So uh, are you, are you it, suggesting it, it, a okay. England win if if there's a if, if they win the toss tomorrow? Or I'm not suggesting an England win. I'll say we'll have a better contest. Okay. As in, it'll be it, it could get close. But if Australia win the toss and bat first, I think Australia will win. Okay, and for the series. Weather permitting, uh, I think I'll give England one test match win. I'll, look, I've been an Australian fan and supporter since the early 90s. Uh, there have been times where I have supported other teams against Australia. There have been times where I've supported England against some other teams. But in an Ashes contest, I've always been pro-Australia. So for me, I, w- I won't do the McGrath thing and say 5 nil. I think <laughs> a 2-1 Ashes victory is more realistic given that there may be some games which could end up in a draw partly because of weather or partly because yep. of absolutely flat batting tracks. And my last question to you, do you think uh, Stuart Broad will overtake the amount of sixes in Ashes history? <laughs> At the moment, at the moment, he's sitting at number four. How many has he been hit for? No, no. How many has he hit? So oh, how and many sixes? Sorry. No, no. Who's? What's the difference between him and the person at number three? Uh four. Nah, he four, won't overtake four, it. Four sixes. He won't. If he hits seven, mm. he'll 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 squeeze to number one. Nah, he's definitely not doing that. Because okay. Stuart Broad, the batsman. What he was about, uh, you know, like 2013, 14 odd, is not the same person that he's now. And his batting has definitely deteriorated. Jeez, so, wouldn't, it be a, wouldn't it be a sight, though, if he, if, if he went for it? You know, well, fifth, it test, fifth test, that's just, you know, you know, Ben Duckett, you're, you're out. Stuart Broad, yeah. you're in. You know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's have a go. Yeah, I think in more recent matches, the formula for Stuart Broad has been pretty simple. Pepper him with a couple of short balls and then mm-hmm. ball really full, and you're either pinging LBW or you're knocking his stumps off. Yeah. It's been you know, pattern. It's been a pattern, and a lot of bowlers have exploited this, whether they be Indian bowlers, South African bowlers, Australian bowlers, Kiwi bowlers, you name it. That's how he's gotten out recently. So he'll play these nice little cameos, but at the end of the day, eventually the bowlers get him out that way. Okay. So you're you're thinking a, a, a series win to Australia two one. Yeah. Okay. I, I think in terms of the overall series, I, I think Australia will be the victor. Okay. Oh well, well, we've got eight. Is 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 it eight weeks of of Ashes? Pretty much six okay. weeks, I would say. Uh, six weeks. So it's starting tomorrow, and it finishes. I think uh, the last game starts on July twenty seventh. So yeah, you're looking at roughly seven weeks. Ah. Oh. Lots of late nights, lots, lots of coffee. No, but good for me over here. My, my time is off perfectly. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Western Australia. 
Indeed, the time zone's been good. Now, there was something you wanted to mention. Oh, no, I just want to mention just a couple of happy birthdays. Um, Chris Cairns, um, a player that I adored watching in the early noughties. Um, New Zealand yeah, all-rounder. Before the whole match-fixing thing sort of... Well, yeah, he's had, he's, had, he's had allegations later in life. And <laughs> none have been proven, though, I've got to say. He's not been proven. Um, mm. I know, I know. But certainly, I saw him, Sagir, in Brisbane in a one-day match against South Africa yeah. where he hit 100 and scored the 100 off the last ball of the game to win it for New Zealand. Yeah. Pro- pro- probably the best one-day cricket match I've seen in, in person. I think yeah, I watched the, that one on TV because yeah. Nash was playing yes. with him at that time. Yeah, really good innings and just unbelievable. And it's a shame there's only like 500 people in, in the crowd, really. It was a really poorly attended match. But um, he turns 52 today. And happy birthday to Mark Cosgrove, one of my favourite cricketers, um, who I think played three one-day matches, three ODIs, I think, he, he played for. Um, but he turns 39 today. And, uh, yeah, happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to them. Uh, Cosgrove wasn't a Queenslander, is he? No, South Australia. Oh, I'm surprised you have a favourite cricketer from somebody who's outside Queensland. Well, I think he weighed 110 kilograms. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, like, in all fairness, he was, he was a big boy. And um, bit of a – but certainly one of those, you know, a cricketer that you wouldn't see now. You know, certainly right. um, had, the, had the build and the physique of a, probably a 1980s cricketer. Yeah. Um, and probably, you know, probably should have played a lot more international cricket, but unfortunately only played those three ODIs. Mm. Well, happy birthday to him to 39, yeah. eh? Yes. Is he still playing first class? No, 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 he's retired now. Oh, poor guy. And see, he should uh, learn from Jimmy Anderson. Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. You know, you've got Jimmy mm. Anderson at 41, still yeah. bowling. Yeah, no, but- amazing, amazing stats. Tendulkar almost made it to 40 as well, didn't he? Yeah, but I just think just the wear and tear on bowlers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wear and tear on bowlers is much higher, definitely. Just with their action and, you know, you think yourself to get to even the late, mid-30s, mid late-30s and, and still be playing international test cricket is, is an achievement. Yeah, no, that's true. That, that is true. Well, let's see what uh, tomorrow brings up. And yes. I think tomorrow is definitely there's no rain forecast. Uh, Saturday, there's no rain forecast. So the first couple of days, it will be, you know, good, bright sunshine, maybe some overcast conditions later on day two. And the showers pretty much start in the afternoon on day three. So look, c- cricket being a game where there is a significant contribution from Lady Luck, the toss is going to be very crucial tomorrow, isn't it? Oh look, the toss. Yeah, I think even talking from England's perspective, they they have to win the toss um, to, yeah. to be competitive. Um, but I'd I'd still love to see you know you know Boland and Cummings with the with the jig ball tomorrow. I that mm. I would be just disappointed to, to to watch the first session with 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 them bowling. So fingers crossed that 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 um that, that um Scott Boland gets that call up. Scotty Boland has been good. Let, let's see how he. Um you know, balls against a rampaging England batting lineup, and whether he uses mixes the deliveries cleverly to plot. Because uh, you know, in India's second innings, that wicket of Kohli. I don't know if you actually watched that over or not, but it was so well bowled, and you know, he got the ball to come into Kohli a couple of times, and then got that full pitch outside off stump slightly short of that driving length, got it to veer away, and Kohli fell for that. 
Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, it was a. I didn't see the um, on live, but I saw it in the morning and went, "Oh, here we go." There, yeah. there goes my prediction on 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 your podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, no, look for, for such a workman like Bowler, it's just, it's yeah. just so impressive what 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 he's able to um um, um to achieve. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, isn't it? The cricket is not about getting wickets of magic deliveries every single time. No. You know, it's a lot of hard work, graft, and just those subtle variations. You look at your uh, Glenn McGraw, you look at Stuart Clark, you look at Josh Hazelwood, and you know Scotty Boland's almost in that same mold. Like he, he sticks to the line and length, and he just brings those subtle variations in, and it's just like how he got Coley out. Now I don't know whether that was his doing or whether he was given instructions you know from the team think tank and the strategists and the analysts as to try that particular plan but but he still has to pull it off though which is which oh, is yeah, impressive yeah. Yeah, which is which is the impressive aspect of of his bowling so yeah look i'm really hopeful that i know that australia hasn't hasn't announced their, their top 11 yet so i'm i'm really hoping that the same 11 gets announced soon mm. and I re- and i really hope that um S, you know bowling is is number 11 I think he will be because I don't think uh, Hazelwood is likely to play. Yeah, tomorrow. No. yeah, yeah. And okay. I, I don't think there will be any surprises at the top either. So it'll be still be Khwaja and Warner at the top. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fairly solid. I, I yeah. mean, I mean, if Australia loses the first two tests, then uh, then maybe, maybe. Then maybe, maybe you might see some changes. But uh, I think as we discussed in the last pod, in the last podcast, Dave Warner is really just throwing it at, at the selectors and said, "Look, I'm, this is my last test in Sydney at this date." Yeah, I I dare you to sack me. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I I double dare you to yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, and look, nobody's going to call his bluff. So exactly, he'll play. Exactly. He'll play. Yeah. exactly. Cool. Well, thank well, you good, so much. Good luck to both the teams. No, thank you yes. for coming on and okay. uh, sharing your views and thoughts. And then what we'll do is we'll probably catch up again after the first match to review that and then well, sort of discuss the second one. Well, let me know because I've just had a glass of Ricky Ponting's red. <laughs> so if you, if you, if you if you give me uh, some notice, I'll order some of the beefy botham. Um, uh, if we, if we mention you know. if we mention these names anymore, I think people will start beginning to suspect that we're probably endorsing that product well, or we're getting I'm, sponsorship well, maybe, from them. Maybe hey, look, you know, if if Ricky wants to come on and sponsor your podcast, <laughs> yeah. I'd be I'd be more than happy for that to happen. Well, so would I. Uh, that, that's a tall order. <laughs> Uh, wonderful. Right, yeah. One can keep dreaming. One can keep dreaming. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for coming on, Damien. That's okay. And uh, have a lovely evening. And Thank don't finish you. that bottle because let, let's save it for later. Will do. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone. See awesome. you. Good night.